My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, a podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most, because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that I got a ministry. Again, with your, Mark being Mark again. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the thing about podcasts is when you're on the air, and it's like therapy, you know. If I can't talk to my family about this stuff, I'll talk to you, Matt, and all our listeners. Yeah. So, who are we talking about today, Matt? find yourself in at this moment. Take notice. There is a path, trail, or sidewalk that will lead you to your next journey. Whether by foot, car, bus, train, plane, or bicycle, the road is calling. And I promise wherever you end up, the journey will be the most memorable. And when you do, keep your eyes peeled and your psychic senses tuned in, because the world's a strange place when you get out and see it. And doing just that is returning guest Chris Matthews, who's setting out this summer on an epic adventure around the country with the help of you amazing podcast listeners. I'm Mystic Mark, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. You said goo. All right. So I'm in the shower. Everything's Dungeness. The, sh- the water's like dingy on me. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I can't snap out of this. Like, usually it's like a loop. It'll go away. You know, these visions come and go when you're on these psychedelic experiences. But I was trapped in it. Like, I was deep. I was deep in this loop that I was a reptilian slave in this kind of mind prison. And I'm like, what is going on? Am I ever going to get out of here? Is this, did I like, you know, die and and slip into hell? Is this real? Um, And I didn't quite understand what was happening at the time. Then all of a sudden, I get hit with this loud commanding voice in my head that says, no, you're being deceived. And as as I hear this and like feel this vibration and rumbling, the lights boom shine on in my bathroom the brightest light i've ever seen all the mold and stuff falls away black goo black goo black goo black goo in down to down the drain of the 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 shower it was the nastiest looking stuff i've ever seen in my life it was the nastiest looking stuff i've ever seen in my life and the lights were pulsing bright white and i just felt I felt the presence of my spirit guides. I felt the presence of angelics.
Thanks again for joining me, Chris. We are recording here on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. And as I was just letting you know, I'm very, very excited to have you here to talk about this podcast nationwide tour that you're going to be doing. I keep saying world tour. Hey, if you go to Canada or Mexico, it's kind of a multinational multinational tour but here we are on the my family thinks some crazy podcast and you've been here before i've been on your awesome show so maybe if there's any newcomers can you tell us about yourself real quick and and then lead into this tour that you're planning on doing for sure well mark man thank you so much for having me on again always a blast always fun talking with you i've been looking forward to this and uh, people can find me on all podcast platforms our website is forbiddenknowledge.news we're available here on rockfin and let's see odyssey and rumble there's a couple more we're limited on youtube but yeah that's where you can find us and what i'm doing here with the the what you called podcast uh, nationwide tour that's pretty cool it's going to be a lot more than that it's going to be uh kind of a culmination of my life's work which has not been that many years it's only started in like 2016 i started doing this stuff but it's going to be that and combined with all the wonderful people i've met along the way that i'm hoping to get involved with this and the audience and other podcasters like yourself and it's going to be huge man what what i'm really want to do is starting this summer start traveling across the united states First, we're going to head to the Southwest. That's where we're closest here, over to California, up to the Northwest, and then over to the Northeast, down through Florida, back around to the South, and shoot up through through the center of the United States. And along that trip, I want to stop and do interviews, live interviews. I want to get footage of sacred sites, of places of high strangeness, paranormal hotspots, places we talk about on our podcast. And I want to interview people that know about these places. But not only that, I want to kind of showcase my experience along the way. I want to integrate old interviews that I've done as well as plenty of new ones with new faces. I want to get, I have some amazing people that have already jumped on to, uh, to work with me on this. People like Matthew LaCroix, Billy Carson, hopefully Randall Carlson. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be banging and uh, we're, you know, hopefully we'll be able to sit down with a lot of these people and do uh, you know, interview style, but this is not going to be like a regular document. It's going to be a docu-series because they were going to have so much that goes into this. It's probably going to start out with eight or more episodes uh, of so, us, you know, traveling the country and doing this. Go ahead. Let me, let me say, cause I, I got to, first off, I got to say, I heard this secondhand and I was so excited. I didn't even think to, to do any research. So I'm learning all this for the first time. When I heard this secondhand, I had envisioned like, you know, you'd stack up a couple live events at cities and make your way there. Kind of like Sam does with comedy. This is really awesome compared to the the idea I had in my head. So you're going to be, I mean, you name some heavyweights for sure. LaCroix is, I, I know, up in my neck of the woods. So I'm excited uh, at the chance that maybe we'll be at 
some sort of uh, tour that he might give us or something? Like, what do you? Ha- Let's get into well, the details here. And I don't want you to give is, away too much. If, if oh, you. Oh no, because I'm, I'm going to be surprised myself. I'm sure by the time you know we start filming and everything rolls out. But basically, you know, I really I think the whole vision of everything is going to come together after we start filming and after we start doing interviews. But along our trip, we're going to have uh, certain hotspots, paranormal hotspots, certain places uh, of history of interest, conspiracy history. Uh, we're going to stop by uh, Daly Plaza in Dallas. Just all the co- the topics that I'd cover over the years are going to be broken down into little sections of this docu-series. Like we'll start out with uh, UFOs or something. Then we'll move to consciousness and we'll move to spirituality. Then we'll to, to move, move to more historical conspiracies or cryptids. And each of those little uh, kind of topics is going to be broken down by either episode or, you know, a couple of topics per episode. And as we travel to these certain places that are connected to paranormal activity or ufology or whatever topic that I'm talking about, we'll have interviews lined up coinciding with that. We'll talk with people who are around the area, you know, witnesses, locals, people who have history with it, with whatever, you know, again, whatever topics we're covering. And also we'll be interviewing some heavy hitters and fellow podcasters like you. I'd love for you to be a part of it. I mean, you know, we're going to be traveling all over the United States. It, you know, it, I'm sure that uh, we'd find well, a way to to make as many of you as possible a part oh, of it. Oh, man, that is so cool. Thank you. Yes, I would love to be a part of it. Um, so I, I'm almost certain I'll still be living uh, here. And so long as I am, if you want a tour of New Haven, Skull and Bones, all that stuff. Oh, for sure. I'm yeah, your man. guy. We got to do that. I know Chris Milligan's the expert, but he's this all the way on your be like side. An ongoing thing for I, I don't know how long because it's it, there's so many topics, there's so many great people to include in it. There's so many places to visit. Like you said, it may even extend out to Canada or Mexico or different countries one day. I don't know what it's going to do, but hopefully that you know the sky's the limit with this thing, and we're going to just keep it going as long as we can with it, as long as we can afford gas and and travel and everything like that you know yeah yeah and like i was saying to you before we got going here i really think this is the next phase for podcasters because the conference scene has existed for a while people have been getting together getting in their car and driving far to go talk about these sorts of things with other folks of like mind and i think it's about time that podcasters start doing this sort of thing i think we're in the perfect position and yeah, if you if you plan it correctly, I mean, yeah, the thing pays for itself, right? Obviously, yeah. people are going to, um, you know, want to donate to this because of the content you're going to be generating. I think that's genius. I hope you have some kind of Scooby-Doo mystery van all rigged up with GoPros because. Oh, yeah. Oh, right on. All right. So, yeah, we're going to have a pop up trailer, man. We've got all our lighting cameras as much as we can afford all the professional stuff, clip mics, and we're going to hit the road and. And, uh, you know, on a wing and a prayer and hopefully some more donations will come in along the way and we can afford to make it everywhere we want to go. Now, um, we, we know we know the main ones. Right. And I can I can imagine based on your. Oh, goodness. It's a busy it's a busy night on my street. So I'll do my best to edit that out, folks. But, Chris, you might hear a lot of that. So be be mindful. Um, yeah. So there are some sort of obvious hot spots that i would suggest i'm sure you've already thought of skinwalker ranch georgia guidestones that sort of thing right but when it comes to 
you as an individual, you talk to a lot of interesting people. I'm sure you've picked up a few obscure places along your podcasting journey that have been eating away like, damn, like I got to get back to there. That one guy mentioned it. I mean, for me, Corey Daniels, he said a lot about a place called the Superstition Mountains. It stuck with me so much that I was at a used bookstore recently and I, I found a map of the Superstition Mountains and I bought it. I don't even live anywhere near Arizona, but I have a map of the Superstition Mountains. So, I, I mean, that would be on my short list. Are there any that yeah. come to mind for you that are maybe a little more obscure? <sighs> Yeah, for sure. There's a there's a couple that I can't mention. There's a couple that we're definitely hitting. One I can mention is and I can't I don't I can't disclose exactly where it will be. It'll be in Alabama. It's a new place of high strangeness that they're making, you know, uh, documentaries and TV shows about. They have a paranormal investigative team, like you know, former military, big time, legit stuff that they're doing out there that. Hopefully we can go maybe join them a couple of days and see what they got going on out there. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, what I'm really looking forward to is I can't say too much about it, but we're going to have access to the back of Skinwalker Ranch, basically. So that's going to be that's going to be fun. And we're going to be we have a lot of people who are associated with, you know, working the ranch and surrounding areas that we'll be talking to as well to get their insights. And I know that there is a couple of places in the northeast that I want to hit crypt for cryptids. There's one in in Kentucky near the the Kentucky the mountains of Kentucky lots of lore there goblins fairies all kinds of crazy stuff of course we're going to be hitting uh, Roswell and your common UFO places we're going to hit Shasta some places in California and uh, man I'd like to hit the one that you just that you just mentioned the superstition mountains too then now that you said that I hadn't even thought about that I know we're gonna hit Ch uh, Chaco Canyon as well and there's a few others that are can't really mention they're like surprises for us but yeah we got some good ones yeah please do do not feel pressured to disclose those because I feel like People are going to be suggesting when they hear this, they're going to be reaching out, they're suggesting, and they might hit on some of those secret places. They might just unknowingly suggest some of those secret places. So if I, if I do that, please let me know. Right. Well, you don't have to reveal yeah. your, your, your places, but I want to maybe throw some suggestions in the ring. Heart for Plaza. Sure, and we are down for it. Where's that? Heart Plaza in Detroit. Have you ever learned about uh, this place? I don't think so. What's what's down with Heart Plaza? So it was designed by a very interesting gentleman from Japan who also de designed the Japanese garden at the UNESCO Center in France. He designed a significant portion of Yale University here in Connecticut and a couple other pretty <clears throat> uh, well-connected type of locations, you know, big, important types of businesses and so on. But this guy who I'm going to have on my show in the next week or so, Chad uh, Stemke, Stemke, he's up there in Detroit, and he's found a lot of really strange stuff in Hart Plaza that seems to mirror Egyptian symbolism. So I would definitely recommend, because, you know, sometimes there that you might run into some states where you're like, Ah, yeah, let's just skip Michigan. We got to go all the way north into it. Like, don't skip Detroit, though. You might actually find some some interest. Be careful. I don't know. I've never been to Detroit, so don't ask me what yeah, it's right, like. Right, right. But I've heard <laughs> yeah. some cool things. I've heard some cool Man, things. And if it's interesting enough, we're there. We're going to try and get to, you know, like I said, as many of them as possible. Well, then, the la I'll leave this one with my last suggestion. The Susquehanna 
River, which is huge. Mike, yeah, I already talked to Mike about talk this. Talked to Mike. He emailed me, yeah. Right that's on. A, that's on the list for sure. Right on. I think I might have mentioned this to Mike, so I don't know if he heard it from me or you emailed him first, but yeah, Mike, I can say personally, maybe we got into this the first time we talked when I was on your, but I've had a very, very visceral experience just from being in touch with the Susquehanna yeah, I saw River. The area that's it's insane. It's, it's beautiful. Like, uh, from what I saw, it's pretty indescribable compared to everywhere else around there. Yeah, here I'll show you this. I mean, I found Mike took us to this place called Baines Bridge, Pennsylvania, and it's on the Susquehanna River. And I found this rock there. It's like this sort of strange, like orange shape it almost looks like a like a cow or something or like you know like a rough shape of an animal but it's this pale blue stone with this like orange sort of stuff on it and this is one of just many really strange rocks all around this area on the susquehanna i forget i think they're called like the pothole rocks or something like that but they're these perfectly smoothed out circles in these rocks and there's hundreds of them and it's right next to three mile island which is that nuclear facility that had a i think it was in the 80s or the 90s it had some kind of meltdown or it was in the news for some reason so yeah heard of that Mike can definitely fill you in on all this significance. You know, the rights of the 40th parallel. He's got four different significant locations over there. I definitely recommend taking a few days in that neck of the woods. But, yeah, man, this is... Yeah, that's on the list. For this sure. is really cool. I, I think there's, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are going to want to be a part of this. There's a lot of people who are going to hear this. They're going to say, Chris... Come to my town. Chris, come check out this weird thing. So is there a certain, I mean, it sounds like you sort of are focused on high strangeness, paranormal, extraterrestrial. You also have a sort of element of history going on. Are there any like subjects that maybe people wouldn't expect you guys are also going to include into this? I mean, big time into spirituality. I'd like to integrate psychedelics, consciousness, PSI phenomenon, you know, consciousness ability, psychic abilities, uh, everything that I'm, I, I even want to uh, get cryptocurrencies in there. Cause I think that is a big, you know, controversial topic when we enter these new ages of uh, these technological ages that we're being put into. So that transhumanism, just things, you know, that are on people's minds, especially in this community these days, anything and everything that could possibly pop up there, man, we're going to, we're going to cover it. Right on. Well, I'm excited about that, man. I definitely want to tune in. I want to see what happens, and I hope I'm a part of it. For sure, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, every everything going as planned if you do make it up. Because New England's kind of an isolated area. I mean, there are... There are some strange things, but you got to cross the Hudson River. It can be a pain in the ass. So if you don't end up making it up here, we understand. But, oh, no, man. That's on the list for sure. Yeah. And something else I wanted to mention where we all are going to focus on a lot of Native American history and lore because, you know, it's associated with everything in this country. So that's going to be a big part of it as well. Mm-hmm. Got some Natives and Indigenous peoples lined up for interviews. And it's going to be that's going to be one of my favorite topics to cover there. So you mentioned you'll be leaving from the the Rocky Mountains, the high mountains going down in the southwest. I was just listening to 
an episode of Coast to Coast recently with a man who has passed away now, but it, and so has Art Bell, but Robert Ghost Wolf. And you mentioned the Native Americans. He's got a pretty famous book called The Last Cry. It's like a compilation of different prophecies and whatnot. And it does feel like, you know, 20, 30 years ago, these guys that are kind of like the OGs of what we're doing now, coast to coast, you know, some of those names have made their way into the podcasting world. I'm sure you've interviewed plenty of people who have been interviewed by Art Bell, but it seems like there is really what they were sort of aiming for then. It seems to be happening now, this sort of convergence harmonic convergence you know we talk about like 2012 kind of being off by eight years and happening in 2020 seemingly you know the powers that be have desperately tried to shut everything down (laughs) since that year and seems like we're kind of that's waning you know this is like such an inspiring thing to hear going back to what you're doing because last summer that wouldn't have been possible. The summer before that would have been possible. You've been working on this since 2016. I mean, do you think that this is a part of this mass awakening? You you mentioned having some meditation experiences recently, some psychedelic experiences recently. Are you feeling a higher calling for this journey, Chris? Uh, I always am, man. Ever... Ever since I had my first experience and I got connected with what I consider to be my guides and the path that I chose to be on at this point, everything has been surreal. As far as the the podcast revolution that you're talking about, everything that's happening right now, it is so amazing, man. I can go on Rockfin or I can go on Spotify and there are like literally probably over a hundred podcasts that I really enjoy listening to that didn't exist a couple of years ago that weren't there that just popped up after this, you know, this, this revolution that you're speaking of. And I love it, man. I love all the, 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 the thirsting for knowledge. And not only that people not afraid to get out there and put it out there. So that's one thing that I'm really encouraged about. We didn't have have this kind of, I guess, choice of, you know, topics and people that are out there covering this as we do now. And that makes me happy. I think that that is a sign of the the revolution that we're in. And as far as me personally, uh, man, I, I just follow synchronicities. I follow what my gut and my guides have told me to do. One of those things was to figure out past traumas and uh, heal through the use of psychedelics. And I did, and that was one of the best decisions I ever made. I still occasionally do have a vision quest with psilocybin mushrooms and every experience I've learned something very profound about myself, but it did all start with just meditation. I started out, it was just a couple of years ago with meditation. I think I told, I told you about my contact experience last time I was on your show and which that contact led to communication with I've, what I've come to understand as my spirit guides. 
And these guys instructed me that if I would like to fast track my healing from childhood traumas and get past some of my blockages that were keeping me from achieving what I wanted in my life, a good way to do that is through psilocybin or psychedelics or whatever your psychedelic of choice was. And mine was psilocybin. So I did, I started growing my own mushrooms and I had some profound experiences and got in touch with not only my spirit guides, but different types of what I consider entities that are exist just maybe beyond the spectrum of our reality. Some that I consider angelic, some that I consider maybe interdimensional, if you want to call them extraterrestrial. All these beings seem to have a connection to different parts of my consciousness, though. It was very personal, the interactions that I had with these beings. Some of them were prophetic. Some of the interactions, things that may happen and did happen in the future. And that was another profound aspect of it. But uh, my experiences kind of came to uh, an ultimate head with, as far as psychedelics go, recently when I had one of my last mushroom experiences. It was uh, actually about a month ago. And it was very profound. I, I was in the process of, I had just moved to this new place here in Colorado. And I, for a while I was growing mushrooms. I don't anymore, but I had acquired some from a friend. And I decided that I wanted to go on a few, a few more vision quests to kind of see if there was anything else I needed to take care of with my, within my consciousness, childhood traumas, anything that would pop up because, you know, there's, I'm sure there's always something. As far as I know, every time I've gone back, I learned something new about myself, about my past or something that I needed to do in the future or just take care of anything that was kind of hidden in my subconscious. So this experience was no different, but I was with my new girlfriend at the time, October, and she had never, ever, ever done mushrooms before. And uh, she is a very gifted medium, intuitive She does cleansing. She's done channelings before. She's very gifted. And, you know, for me, I've talked to hundreds of psychics and people who claim to have these gifts. And, you know, I have a pretty good intuition about who's legit and who's not. And uh, she has shown herself to be very proficient with her gifts. And she's she wanted to try mushrooms. And uh, I was like, all right, sure. I've done them before. I'll guide you through this experience. Well, I thought that's the way it would go, but no, we started her out with a very small dose, probably a little over a gram. I mean, not that small, but enough for her to to feel something a little over a gram. And, you know, I took my usual dose and within an hour or so I'm, I'm in the spirit realm. I'm, I'm feeling these, uh, the effects. She is not, she says she feels a little sleepy. She doesn't feel anything. So wait a little while longer. I don't want to give her too much because, you know, sometimes these things can creep up. You don't want want to make that mistake. So wait, you know, at least a couple hours, I give her some more. And another hour or two goes by, nothing. She's like, I just feel sleepy. I don't feel anything. You know, I feel maybe a little bit more alert or in tune. I, I have a great connection with my spirit guides right now. I can tell you that. And she's like, you know, I was like, well, here, you want to take the last we have, this would be a heroic dose. I gave her like five, over five grams, which was a lot for, especially for someone who has never experienced this before. And these were, these were good. These are pretty damn potent. You know, I'm, I've experienced it a lot. And for me, these were pretty good. So she's taking five grams, nothing. And I'm just like, wow, this is crazy. You know, but I did notice 
that she had this connection to like electronics and the lights and our radio. And if she would feel a certain emotion, a certain song would increase or decrease in volume. She was listening to classical music. It switched to pop music. She's like, I didn't switch it to pop music. I want classical. And as soon as she said that, it's boom, switched back. And this is through Bluetooth speaker through our phone. You know, she's not switching from classical to, to pop She's music, not like but. connected to a CAT scan device, like with <laughs> nodes on her head no. to the, your phone. <laughs> that and her mess is it, during different conversations and portions of conversations, depending on what we were talking about, the lights would dim and go lighter if we would be, become emotional or sad. The music would also correspond. And I thought I was experiencing this because I was on mushrooms. I'm like, this always happens you know but she was noticing it too she wasn't feeling the effects i was like these are you are you noticing all this she's like yeah i said that is it's pretty weird it's like all right so we continue the night goes on and i decide she's like well do you want do you have anything you need to take care of with any traumas or anything and we end up exploring through that and she she finds a an actual childhood trauma and spiritual attachment that was attached to the trauma that she was able to get rid of during my during this experience. That was pretty profound. The Again, the music would change as she was uh, guiding me through the release of this entity, this attachment. Did I say spirit guide? This spirit attachment. It was not a good thing. She was, she was guiding me through the release of this. Eventually, it was released. And again, when this entity was released, the, the lights became brighter and the music changed to something triumphant. And it was really a profound experience. And I felt a Amazing. Well, I found out later, apparently, there was another attachment that you could uh, say, spiritual attachment that was attached to me to for probably for a very long time. And it was a na- very nasty in nature. And it kind of revealed itself, it manifested itself to me. And I know it was, you know, people say you uh, during these psychedelic experiences, you're, you're going to have hallucinations, right? You're going to see things that aren't there. And I think that's true to a certain extent. I think that you also gain access to things that most people can't see that could be, that exist on a different spectrum, that could exist on a different frequency. But then again, you know, I'm not saying for sure what I saw was in real or any way, but it was definitely attached to my consciousness and it was very real for the time I was experiencing it. Well, after this first uh, spiritual kind of attachment was expelled and she got rid of it for me, she was talking and she was trying to tell me something about her daughter or something. It was a normal conversation. And all of a sudden, the whatever she's saying becomes darker and more intense and just like kind of uh, disturbing and evil. And then she says, you know, I crash landed on this planet thousands of years ago and I was looking for the right human to attach to. And one day you came along and I attached myself to you and I helped you, I helped you grow. I helped you get, get to where you are and look at you now. And as she, as she said that she shapeshifted, like she changed into the most terrifying, disgusting looking, what I can describe as reptilian entity I've ever seen as she's talking to me and telling me these things things and she's like you you know aren't you aren't you gonna stay with me aren't you gonna keep me and as she's saying this i like take off out the room i just seen my girlfriend shapeshift into a reptilian but not only that my whole house is changing i look outside and the sky is blood red my the walls are like filled with mold and the windows look like i have bars on them now 
And I realize I'm in this complete like mental loop where I'm stuck as a reptilian's basically mind prisoner. Everywhere I went, I was stuck in this kind of dungeon looking place. Everywhere I would go in my house, everything was different. And it, when in reality, my girlfriend's chasing me around going, what's going on? Are you okay? I'm seeing this reptilian entity going, don't you love me? Don't you want to be with me anymore? I, I've gotten you this far. And I, I, I don't know what to do. So I go upstairs and I am, I just jump in the shower for some reason. Something told me to, you know, go to the shower. I'm letting water run over me. I do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, Lizards like probably dirty. like turn into like a puddle of witch goo when they get hit with water okay. anyways. <laughs> I, I can't believe you just said that. Check this out. Check out this. All right. You said goo. All right. So I'm in the shower everything's dungeness the, the water's like dingy on me i'm like what the fuck is going on i can't snap out of this like usually it's like a loop it'll go away you know these visions come and go when you're on these psychedelic experiences but i was trapped in it like i was deep i was deep in this loop that i was a reptilian slave in this kind of mind prison and i'm like what is going on am i ever going to get out of here is this did i like you know die and, and slip into hell is this real and i didn't quite understand what was happening at the time then all of a sudden, I get hit with this loud, commanding voice in my head that says, no, you're being deceived. And as, it, as I hear this and like feel this vibration and rumbling, the lights, boom, shine onto my bathroom, the brightest light I've ever seen. All the mold and stuff falls away, and I literally, I puke up black goo in down, to, down the drain of the, the, the shower. And I'm like sitting there puking up this black stuff. I see it. I wish I could have kept it to show people after. It was the nastiest looking stuff I've ever seen in my life. And the lights were pulsing bright white. And I just felt, I felt the presence of my spirit guides. I felt the presence of angelics. And I know what these, these presences feel like through meditation and the other contact experiences I've had through psychedelics. At the same time I had jumped in the shower, my girlfriend was doing a meditation ritual to get rid of this other attachment. She had seen it with her mind's eye. She knew what was here. She knew what was going on. As the, I was puking before that, she had grabbed this entity uh, etherically and threw it through like a portal. I don't know how she does this stuff, but she was able to kind of find it etherically and expel it with the help of Archangel Michael and Gabriel and, and other angelic beings or whatever she called upon to help her do this, however she does it. And the same time she was doing that, that's when I puked up all this black stuff and the light was shining bright. The, the music was playing this like triumphant classical music. It got really loud. It was insane. I had never experienced anything like that, whether I was sober or on psychedelics or anything. It was the most profound experience I've ever had. And, you know, when I got out, I, I told her, she's like, yeah, I know. I was there with you. After you started running around the house, I just kind of stopped. I was like, all right, I got to figure out what's going on. And she saw this entity in her mind's eye and was able to kind of trap it and guide it through a portal. And I felt amazing. Like that whole rest of the night, the whole week, next week, I still feel like a weight has been lifted that I, I was living with for years and years and just dragging me down and kind of giving me doubts throughout the years and making me feel a little sluggish here and there. And that's what it was. It was actually a spiritual type of attachment that manifested itself to me during a psychedelic experience as a reptilian. And that's what I've come to understand that. And that was a crazy experience. 
That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. I, I have, I mean, a bunch of questions. I have no doubts about it at all. I mean, had nothing similar, but I've had equally strange, we'll say psychedelic, particularly mushroom experiences, but it makes you wonder like the contrast between the two of you's experience, your significant other and yourself. It's like, like she has like a different organ or something like, like, like the, not that there's like an extra organ, but like the mushrooms are affecting maybe like your parietal gland, just an example and her pineal gland. Right. Or for whatever reason, it's almost like, like, and I, I think I'm kind of included in this cause I've had, I'm not psychic by any means and I've never been a medium, but I've had mushroom experiences where I was disappointed like that. Never quite broke through to this realm. So I wonder what that is in certain people. I always chalked it up to, I have a very high metabolism and I thought like, Oh, well maybe I'm just like burning through these shrooms really fast or something, yeah. you know, but I think there is a certain quality to that. Cause sometimes, especially when I was initially getting into mushrooms, I would have these sort of like what felt like downloads. I didn't have that word to describe that feeling at that point in my life, but it did sort of feel like a download but yeah, I wonder what that is about certain people where, you know, maybe it's the point you are in your life. Like, have you had mushroom experiences yourself that reminded you of how she was in that moment or, or have, have they always no, been man. that? Every, every psychedelic experience I've had, as long as it was legit stuff has been, uh, has been good. I've, I've, you know, done everything. Well, I mean, like to. I mean, like immersive, because that sounds like a very immersive well, hallucination. No, this, this, this was different. I mean, I've never been, like I said before, I've, I've had, you know, what some may consider hallucination. This was the most immersive type of situation I've ever been in. And from what I understand, you'd have to do something like ayahuasca to experience maybe similar things. This, like, I literally thought that, you know, I knew I had taken the mushrooms. Hallucinating is a possibility, but this was something completely different that i've been used to i have tripped hundreds if not i don't know i don't want to say the true amount of time lots of times on mushrooms and this never happened like this and i have to believe that there was much more to this experience than just me having a psychedelic hallucination Ooh, i just uh, had it was, a, it was just felt so immersive you know i just had a really interesting thought this is speculation but what if since she is so used to connecting with others in this position as a medium. What if somehow she channeled the psilocybin from her to you to sort of power up this experience that only she could be there to mediate? Like, cause if you took that much on your own, I mean, who knows if you would have went right. down a roller coaster ride that ended in a pile of black goo, possibly here, yes. you know, here she is kind of helping you through this, taking the form of your kind of reminds me of the rite of passage in tribal situations where your elders are like dressing up in masks and scaring the piss out of you. And then they take the mask off and they're like, dude, it's, it's your pop. It's your grandpa. Like we're here, you know, you're a warrior now, you know, it sort of has that sort of tinge to it too. But I wonder if that's like due to her mediumship that like she didn't experience much, but you got like almost like a double. That's dose. an interesting thought, man. Yeah. yeah. I think that's possible. I think it's highly possible. Just the, the aspects of the, 
electromagnetic aspects of this were profound because I, I thought at first it was just part of, again, me hallucinating. Maybe I took more than I thought and some weird things were just being perceived differently. But no, she even after we sat down and talked the next day about everything and she was like, yeah, that was very strange. I've never done anything like that before. I've never been able to control the radio and I, I saw it myself. I was doing it. I was changing stations. The lights were responding to our emotions, not only mine to yours too. And it was, you know, it was like, wow, that's, that's something different, you know? It certainly speaks to the, you know, consciousness being first and, and being everywhere and not being limited to our, you know, brain space. So yeah. Wow. I mean, that's, that's definitely interesting. And to the point about, you know, comparing that to ayahuasca, we do often hear about these like really psychedelic black substances from people who right. take ayahuasca and maybe even, mm -hmm. you know, these deep, deep mushroom trips. But have you, I'm, I'm sure you've interviewed someone about black goo and like, cause it kind of fits into two genres, right? You hear some ufologists talk about this miraculous unknown substance called black goo. And then we hear about this in psychedelic experiences. The two might not totally fit together but do you think there is anything to this black goo and you know that's otherworldly but also connected to psychedelics man it, it could be uh, you know i i don't know if it would be directly connected to psychedelics but maybe the whatever frequencies we tune into whenever we're under the effects of psychedelics may expel or get rid of some of this stuff or have an effect on it i think that there's definitely something to the the black goo aspect and connected to whether it's when you call extraterrestrials or something more spiritual because i've also talk to people who've had paranormal or haunting experiences where they've been what perceived to be possessed by an entity or attachment, a demon. And they, when they expel the demon or get rid of it, they puke up black stuff. And I've talked to a few people that have had that experience as well. So that also brings me back to this, you know, spiritual aspects of it. Is this black stuff, some kind of like ectoplasm or, or, you know, a uh, spiritual kind of sickness that's in us whenever we have these attachments or is it's something manufactured like like you said maybe an extraterrestrial or ultra terrestrial manufactured type of uh, substance that can you know have reptilians attached to it i don't know it's interesting well and it almost i mean it feels like more appropriately to the first portion of what you said like a, a byproduct of us being in whatever this dense third you know dimensional world and reptilians, at least from a recent conversation I had, to my understanding, they're like stuck in this third dimension to some degree and maybe even like on their way to the second because of their naughty behavior. So may, maybe that's why they're, you know, linked and gray aliens don't have the best reputation either. And you sometimes hear them involved with the black goo stuff. I'm doing a lot of like uh, big wide brush strokes, but... I mean, there, there yeah, are positive you know, grays. I shouldn't I say. I couldn't even say for sure that it's a reptilian. Maybe that's just what it manifested itself mm. as from my consciousness. You know, I'm pretty sure that it was a spiritual attachment of some sort that 
did not have my best interest in mind. And even after that, I had a, a session done where I it was had another attachment removed. And the person removing this attachment said that this was a very lighthearted attachment that thought it was doing me well because it would kept me comfortable and, and, and it uh, kept me from doing things that were too dangerous. So there are, I believe that there are attachments that do believe they're doing good for us, but are not ultimately... Um, have our best interest in mind if if we look at it the way to where they're holding us back or something like that mm-hmm. uh, and from what i understand uh, about spiritual attachments and ent- entities is a lot of people have them and it's very common and they may not cause problems in people's lives and they may cause a lot of problems in people's lives it just depends on the severity and your personality and your attachment to the attachment itself and things of that nature which i find very interesting and it would explain i think that would explain a lot of the mental illness aspects that we don't really understand and that we mix diagnose and we just throw people on pharmaceuticals and drugs and all these things when it's really probably probably something that uh, could be explained by uh, metaphysics and uh, an attachment of spiritual nature absolutely and you know this topic hits a little close to home for me too i had uh someone who i consider by all extensive purposes a a trustworthy psychic on my show amy belair she's very compelling talks about a lot of interesting things but she diagnosed me she asked me first if it was okay to talk about this on the air i'm like yeah sure go for it she said i had a thought bot I don't know what a thought bot is particularly as opposed to like another type of entity that might be, you know, attaching itself to you. But if it's bothering me, I wonder like, you know, to your point about having a, a maybe a pre-diagnosis, we can call it where someone said, oh, yeah, this attachment seems like it's helping you somehow. Like wonder how deceptive these things can be, you know, because they're sort of interacting in that realm. So they come across a psychic who maybe is a little new or something and you're trusting them because shit like you're not as psychic, psychic as they are. And then they get fooled. Now you're more fooled. So it's definitely a tricky road. And I mean, drugs, you add that into the picture. I've heard it only increases the potential, especially with the more you know, harmful, ugly drugs, you know, like we're talking about some pretty clean, natural stuff here. Mushrooms, me particularly, I like cannabis getting dirtier and dirtier as it gets more, more and more legal. But for now, I feel like there's some good energy I'm getting from it. But yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if I had a, a, an entity attachment, you know, my life's certainly not perfect. I mean, look at the title of my show, but uh, you know, it's like, if it's helping me, did I ask it to be here? Because I can remember in my younger years when I was way more naive than I am now doing, you know, little like rituals that I would read in some of these books, hermetic this, you know, theosophical this and just trying things out for the sense of like, you know, unwitting experimentation. And yeah, what if I like called some entity in that I thought was going to be like Thoth you know, I'm like, hey, Thoth, come teach me everything. And this, you know, cousin Randy, who died like 10 years ago, is like hanging around my neighborhood and is like, yeah, I'll be Thoth. You know, it's help him relive his you know, glory years before he died. But it's just that's like 
in real weird speculation, that's possible. I mean, within these realms, what do you think, Chris? Uh, uh, it reminds me. <laughs> it reminds me. I had Dr. Gregory, Gregory Little on a couple of weeks ago. He was telling them this awesome story about he was interviewing uh, a Native American, elderly Native American man who was very in tune with the spirit realm, and he said he used to be visited and terrorized by these little blue entities all the time. He'd go into like this state where he'd get kind of paralyzed and these little blue entities would come out of everywhere and like try and tickle him and do, you know, little tricksters. They were trying to trick him and giving, giving him false information about stuff. And eventually he got past the fear aspect and he started embracing these little blue guys and they started giving him profound cosmic knowledge, like things that were, you know, spiritual knowledge, knowledge of the universe, the stars and himself and everything. And it makes me think, what if all these entities are like one thing, all part of this grand kind of consciousness that's split off into the millions of pieces, but it acts as a trickster to get us to learn things, to get us to accept and learn and grow and grow our consciousness. And then at some point when it feels we're ready, it reveals the true nature of itself and gives us real knowledge and the truth. And I think a lot that speaks for the UFO community. A lot of people that are peddling BS. It speaks for a lot of people who are coming out right now and trying to tell us, you know, a lot of the narratives about the UFOs and 5D and Ascension and all this other crazy woo-woo stuff, they might be being tricked by these little blue guys or whatever their little blue guy is that's coming to them. Uh, and they haven't gotten past the part to where you have to understand that first you may you have to get past the, the trickery and figure out what's really going on for yourself. And maybe then you might be worthy of some knowledge. What do you think about that? I love that idea. And I think that makes a lot more sense considering when we have this intuitive feeling, especially in a position where we are as hosts and we're speaking to people who have maybe an agenda, they have something they want to promote. If they're coming from a place of fear and they're projecting that fear onto you in a way like you should be afraid of this too, I'm always put off by that. I'm always like, okay, now I'm kind of more suspicious about why you want me to be afraid of this. There are exceptions to that, things that maybe are just obviously scary. But for the most part, I think, yeah, when there's a message of love or a message of hope, it tends to ring truer than those who are like beating the drum of, you know, panic, the end is near. And that's not to say that there isn't value in everyone's research, but yeah, I mean, how many of those people are being, you know, sort of carried on a stick along, given the little nibbles of, of some truth, but because they're not like taking it to that next level and enlightening themselves on that maybe non-intuitive side because they're going for just the pure logical side of it. they want to know the facts they're they're worried about getting to the case because they want to be a hero and save people when really you got to realize on that spiritual note you can only save yourself right and i think when you do that you start to really garner those insights that maybe this gentleman you mentioned gregory little gregory little you know relaying the story maybe that's why it, it tri you know, the trickster transformed for him, you know? Yeah, yeah, man. I think that all the, the paranormal and what's considered UFO phenomenon, it's such a personal thing. And 
if you understand it correctly, you come out of it having spiritual growth. You come out of it a better person. You come out of it seeking better for yourself. Uh, at least for me, that that was my experience, and many others that I've talking to that have had profound life changing spiritual experiences that they've always, you know, come out of it seeking better for themselves. And that was actually uh, how I kind of knew that the entities that I was in contact with had my best interest in mind. One of the first discussions you could say that we've had, it is like, uh, you know, they came out and said, you got to take care of some childhood trauma. We got to show you some stuff, but you're going to take it from there and you got to figure it out. And there's a lot to figure out before you can grow to a point that you need to, but you got to get on that. And I think if they were being deceptive or wanting to probe my butt or trying to uh, get my DNA or find out or something like, you know, that wouldn't be first on their agenda for talking to me. So things like that, I think I was actually kind of lucky in that experience that I wasn't approached by deceptive entities, you know, trying to get me to go a certain direction. But unfortunately, I think a lot of people who have positions in this community where they're you know, put out there in front of everybody, they're making a lot of money. They're going to conferences, they're giving presentations, they got a lot of subscribers and people are listening to them uh, because they had, you know, this initial experience that they didn't understand correctly and whatever kind of entity is trying to push them in this direction because it was such a profound experience and people are believing in them, they take off with that. But what happens to the next step? Do they even get to the next step of their evolution if they're taking off and going that direction to deceive people? I don't think so. I don't think that you, I think once you choose the deceptive route that those guys are out and you're probably dealing with something completely different for the rest of that interaction. Mm. Yeah, man. And, and it's really, it's a journey, you know, especially with those cases, it tends to be people are leading you down a dead end that they themselves are stuck at right and sometimes people become really good at pretending like they're you know they become mirage makers where they're like no we're not in a dead end see the dead end you see is does not exist you know that sort of thing and and yeah it is it is ultimately and i think that's where we in this position as hosts really have uh, the upper hand where it's up to our listeners to decide, you know, and we don't go and Thank put God. our assumptions. Yeah, we don't put our assumptions in front of them and say, hey, only folks who agree with us listen to this. No, people who who disagree listen to my show all the time. They're usually the first to comment, you know, but that's here nor there. But before we go, I want to give you an opportunity to share your show again. Tell everybody who isn't already listening where they can find you. And then I want to end question for those listening, because you mentioned something, you distinguish between, you know, what I would consider something really important. And maybe most people don't really understand the gravity to what you just said earlier, which was you're going on a vision quest with these mushrooms. You're not just taking mushrooms, right? Because I, I think a lot of people, they expect the mushrooms to do the work for them, right? So after you, you share your plugs, please, could you help 
maybe listeners understand, like, how could they go on a vision quest themselves? What distinguishes a vision quest? Yeah, right on. Uh, well, first, thanks again for having me on. This was great. I had a, an awesome time. Likewise. Love to do it again in the future. Like- you can find me on ForbiddenKnowledge.news. That's our website. We're on all podcast platforms. We're on Rockfin. We're on Odyssey. We're on Rumble. And we're limited on YouTube. So go check that out. And as far as the vision quest aspect... I I call it Vision Quest because it's just that when I first started psychedelics when I was a teenager, it was a party quest. You know, I was just getting going out there to have a good time. But then I quit. I hadn't done psychedelics for years and I'm in my 40s now. And because my spirit guides introduced this to me, I decided I needed to to do it because they were right about a lot of things. And they took me very far in the time between that. So for me, Vision Quest is very intense. It's a lot of work. It's not something that's fun. A lot of times it's terrifying because you go into it and you you're not going to have an experience you want you can't there's no way that you can steer one of these psychedelic experiences to anything you want my advice would i wouldn't advise anybody to do it honestly but if you're going to want to try psychedelics my advice is going to with immense respect and honor and I know what you're doing as far as dosage, of course, and don't be stupid. But this this is a spiritual tool. And for me personally, every time I have an experience, I face my deepest, darkest self. And I don't come out of that experience until I have slayed that demon. And if I do, that was a not, not a successful experience. If I am still in a panicked and scared and bad state of mind and feel like the trip was horrible, then it, I didn't get to what I needed to, to accomplish. By the end of every successful vision quest, I feel in touch with not only my guides, who I then have a conversation about the quest, I feel connected with celestial beings, and I get profound downloads at the end of every psychedelic experience. And I, I feel like I have a sense of accomplishment and I discover new things about my past, myself, any traumas I had and growth and where I need to go in the next step of my evolution. And if I don't have, I don't feel like I've accomplished that by the end of my experience, I'll have to do it again because it's for me, it's that's a failed experience because I didn't learn what I needed to learn. And on the other point of that, when I said you're not going to be able to choose what your experience is like, for me, I, I never, if, even if I wanted to, to work on something, I would go in and the, it would be about something completely different. You know, I'd want to work on a childhood trauma and it'd be that I didn't open a door for this old lady earlier. You know, I just, it, it's amazing how your consciousness will choose what it wants you to work on when it wants you to work on it during these experiences. At least that's the way it worked for me. And it was always something that was very, something that I needed to, that maybe was probably more time sensitive than others. Things that I needed to take care of first before I could maybe get to the next stage of what I was working on with trauma or consciousness evolution. So it's work and it's not just, you know, eating a handful of mushrooms and sitting back and going, woo, I'm on a roller coaster. No, it it's, takes you t- through a journey of your subconscious and psyche. And it's like having a therapist sitting in your brain with you for, you know, five to eight hours, but a good therapist, like the best therapist ever that will pull these traumas out and whatever happened to you and, you know, in your face the whole time until you look at it and deal with it and address it and try and figure it out. And for me, that's what the psychedelics experience was about 
every time is getting to the root of what I needed to for my own growth. And it's, you know, it's not a fun ride at times people, but uh, it can be, it can be, it can be a beautiful ride. If you, for me, if I accomplished what I needed to do, but yeah, man, I think that if you're going to try anything like psychedelics, just know what you're doing when you get into it and do it with respect and honor. Well said, my friend, well said. And Chris, this has been the third of three really awesome conversations and I hope to have one in person when you make your way over to this part of the States and of course many more onward into the future and tread lightly folks out there you might be inspired by Chris's words but we don't make any recommendations don't try this at home but if you do do it wisely thank you for listening and have a great moment wherever you are in the now There it is, another great conversation with Chris Matthew coming to you on a Friday. Usually I don't put episodes out on Friday, but June is jam-packed. I'm telling you, right now June is looking good if you're a fan of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. I've got some really epic guests, and I can see this month being our biggest yet. We hit 80,000 downloads last month, which is huge. We're almost at 600,000 downloads, and I could not be happier. So everybody listening, I really, really appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. And thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. If you like doing this kind of thing, listening to podcasts, I'm sure you'll love meeting your favorite podcaster in person and with Chris Matthews touring the country, there's a good opportunity that you can do that. So be sure to stay up to date with Forbidden Knowledge News. I can guarantee that wherever Chris goes, a bunch of interesting people will follow and maybe one of those interesting people will be you. Maybe one of those interesting people will be myself and my girlfriend Tara. As you may have heard, Chris said he was going to come out our way up here in new england and if you live in new england join us on the telegram that's the best place to stay in touch stay up to date on everything going on with the show and i have done a walking tour meetup in the past and i think after this conversation we might consider doing some sort of walking tour in person uh, on a regular basis maybe not just of new haven but maybe we can organize some special trips to certain interesting places sacred sites and and so on and so forth so stay tuned for that like i said telegram is the best place to do that and of course the patreon is one of the best places you can go to help this show stay on the air stay up and running it does not happen for free it costs me time effort hard work creativity and of course green dollars to keep this podcast going so any support i can get is really appreciated whether that comes through the patreon the Rockfin, or if you can send us a one-time donation and if you're a crypto person just hit me up on telegram i do accept crypto of any kind if you have some crypto you can spare i do take crypto so yeah if you'd like to donate to the show that way if you appreciate 
what we're doing here. Uh, even just a one-time donation will help out immensely, especially if you send me the right crypto. Who knows? Um, but yeah, that's always fun. And we've got merch as well. So many new t-shirts in the store. It's crazy. I probably never even wear half of them at this point. There's so many, but I am going to order a few more in the next few weeks and try them out and see how the quality is and all that. And who knows, maybe we'll go with a, uh, a better merch store sometime in the future, but don't hold out for that. Check out all the great shirts that we have. Not just shirts. There's other things too. Mugs, if you prefer. We do have a mug available. Two mugs, actually. Two different designs. And we have uh, some other clothing items. We have women's clothing, and we also have uh, sweatshirts. And that probably sounds crazy. Like, how does this guy have, like, a whole... Uh, warehouse of clothes well I don't it's teespring it's very easy if you have a podcast or really if you have uh, a reason to make merch or you're just creative and you want to put your art out there I highly recommend creating a teespring store it's really easy it's free and uh, all it costs really is half of the price of whatever someone buys so you get a certain amount of profit and they get a little bit of profit and they cover the you know, whatever cost it takes to create whatever product you design. And it's not just clothes. I got all kinds of stuff. So definitely recommend Teespring for any creative folks out there in the audience. And speaking directly to the creative folks, if there's any musicians, any artists, any even uh, somebody, you know, with a talent that maybe I wouldn't even know to list. Who knows? There's so many amazing talents out there. But if there's something that you're talented at, at uh, doing please do not hesitate to reach out to collaborate people reach out often and i don't have time to get back to every email right away i promise i will at some point but yeah please get in touch with me i especially love music if it's cc 4.0 public domain i don't really compromise on that um just to protect the integrity of my podcast I only use CC 4.0 public domain music. All the music you hear is brought to you by Soundstripe. Shout out to Soundstripe. But anyways, a lot of interesting things happening this month. I've got some really, really great guests coming up. I almost don't want to even mention them, so it'll be a surprise. But I will say, well, I'll say we've got the king of podcast interviews himself greg carlwood coming on a very special episode of your handbook for the apocalypse so please do check that out and then on the free thinker society if you're tuned into that you'll see this week uh maybe we could call it a sneak preview of the guests that'll be on this coming monday so if you want to know who's coming out uh on the my family thinks i'm crazy podcast that sounds weird if you want to know who's going to be appearing on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast this coming Monday, go and check out the Free Thinker Society podcast right now because the episode came out yesterday. I won't say who it is because you got to go subscribe and follow and support us on the Free Thinker Society podcast. If you like listening to me and the guests that I have on the show and the interviews that I do, 
Well, you'll most definitely like Freethinker Society because it's me and my friend Mike Romanelli, who is twice my age and has much more wisdom than I in many ways and maybe has a lot to learn from a guy like me. So it's a fun, fun show. I teach Mike things, he teaches me things, and we bring on really interesting guests to teach us things. We've had KP Burke on the show recently, host of the American Losers podcast. We've had Joe Roop, host of the Lighting the Void podcast. We've had Tino Sanchez, comedian and musician on the podcast. Dave Zed, so many more. And there's about 50 or 60 episodes uh prior to when I got on the show, uh, and some of those I was a guest. So if you haven't listened to the Freethinker Society podcast already, which I'm going to guess that you might not have because I can see how many downloads we're getting, and it's not anywhere close to what we're getting here on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast yet. So yeah, please go and uh, get your fill on the Freethinker Society podcast. I'm there, Mike's there, and it's a fun, fun time. And like I said, the guest that we had on this week will be Monday's guest for this show. So there's your teaser. There's your sneak preview. You got to do a little work to make it happen. And speaking of great shows, like I already mentioned, Your Handbook for the Apocalypse. We have an episode coming out with Greg Carlwood very soon. And of course, we have Illuminati Confirmed. And this June is going to be sweet. The latest episode of Illuminati confirmed that will be hitting the audio airwaves this week. Um, is it this week? Let me check right now. Oh yeah, we don't have it scheduled yet. Okay. Well, I'll have to call one. Anyways, that's about it. We've got a new episode of Illuminati confirmed coming out real soon. Uh, the UFO Garage podcast will be joining us to have a discussion about aliens ufos and all that good weird stuff that's all for this episode folks thank you for being here thank you for tuning in go support chris matthews at forbidden knowledge news and enjoy the moment wherever you are in the now